Welcome to Women on the Line, one of Community Radio's national women's current affairs programs, produced at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm your host, Hope Matumbu. Women on the Line acknowledges this program is produced and presented on the sovereign lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We acknowledge elders past, present and becoming, as well as the owners of the land on which you are hearing us from. On today's Women on the Line, we celebrate women in comedy. Comedy is more than just a pleasant way to pass an evening, humour more than something to amuse. It is interwoven into the fabric of our everyday existence. Humour is everywhere. However, on a professional level, women comics are still fighting the unfunny fight for equal respect, equal opportunity and equal pay. On today's show, we chat with Kirsty Webeck, a Melbourne-based comedian, host, radio presenter, freelance writer and editor. We also speak with Irvi Majumda, a Melbourne-based comedian and writer. And let's hear from our first guest, Kirsty Webeck. Hello, my name's Kirsty Webeck. I'm a Melbourne-based stand-up comedian and MC. I just decided about oh, five and a half years ago just to take the plunge and get into it. So I signed up for a comedy workshop for a week and we spent that week working up a five-minute bit of material with an experienced comedian and then at the end of it we did a showcase and I mostly did that like just to um, yeah make myself jump off the deep end and start doing it and then after that I didn't really know how to get into it and I approached a few comedians and they were sort of um you know they were really busy so they they couldn't really help me that much with any tips on on how to get into it so I just wrote a one-hour show and approached some venues and did it in Canberra and Melbourne and then I repeated that for about two years practicing writing and just doing one-hour shows and then it wasn't until like two years down the track that I started doing comedy rooms and comedy clubs and then started doing the Melbourne International Comedy Festival and the Fringe Festivals and yeah the rest is history. And what made you decide to take that plunge? Well, it was just something that I really wanted to do for a long time. So I I guess I came to a bit of a crossroads in my life and I'd just been through a big breakup and and I wanted a sort of career change and it just felt like a good time in my life for a new beginning. So, yeah, I just decided that that was the right time and I woke up one morning as much as a cliche as that sounds and, yeah, signed up for this course. Do you think that comedy has a social function? I do, absolutely. I I think it can be a very powerful tool. Um, I think it's really unique in that you can discuss difficult issues um, uh, in a way that disarms people uh, because you're making them laugh and it, it makes them feel a bit more relaxed about being given a message. And often you can say things on stage that make people laugh, that might make them go away afterwards and have a think about it and realise what the deeper message is. I mean, Hannah Gadsby's just, you know, demonstrated that perfectly with Nanette, which obviously wasn't a 
traditional stand-up comedy show, but you know, it had it had bits in it that were really funny. But she was de- um, delivering really powerful messages the whole way through. And do you think it should be the role of comedy to have a social function? I don't think it has to be, and I don't think it should be. But I think it certainly can be if you're that kind of comedian. I don't think it's necessary. I think there's a, I think there's always going to be a place for straight up stand-ups that just makes people laugh and and possibly helps them disengage from what's going on in the world around them just by, you know, being being silly and something you don't really have to think about. But there's a big place as well for comedy that does fulfil a social function. So I think I think it can all exist together. We know that language plays an important role in framing how society thinks and talks about women, and this in turn can have an effect on how women are treated. Often when women they t- are told they don't have a sense of humour, it's often in relation to our ability to laugh at a man's joke rather than telling jokes ourselves. What do you think of this? Oh, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's really complex. Um I mean, being a female comedian, I do get to hear that really frequently, particularly in the context of people giving almost a, a backhanded compliment. We we hear it frequently when people say, "I don't, I don't usually find women funny, but but you were you were really good." And for most of us, that's not the best compliment to hear because uh, most of us disagree that women can be funny and are funny. Um, I think the only way that can be broken down is by more women getting into comedy and by the female powerhouses of today in stand-up just continuing what they do and and dismantling that notion, I guess. You know, I, I feel like that's getting better. Um, you know, but, but that's from a, an inside perspective, I suppose, where, yeah, I get to watch a lot of brilliant women on stage really regularly and have, have access to that. But... I mean, you know, historically, it has it has been a quicker pathway, I suppose, for men. But it, it's also really complicated because there's a there's a lot more men in stand up than there are women as well. And you know, I wonder if you strip it really, really, really far back, if that just comes down to the fact that in my generation and previous generations, maybe women or, or girls, like little girls, weren't encouraged to pursue that kind of career path or or weren't even shown that it was a possible career path. So, I mean, yeah, there's there's the numbers, obviously, and, and we're always working to get more women on the stage and, and to, you know, raise awareness of the fact that it is something that you can do as a career or even as a hobby. However, you know, I haven't felt that my gender has been... an inhibitor in my career thus far at all. However, some of my peers have had the opposite experience where they feel like that that has been. So I think it's a really complex issue to comment on and it's also really subjective. Um, Yeah, in in that, like in, in that my experience has been different to other people's and also, you know, right now, some of the best stand-ups in the country. Like, I would say, I would argue that the majority of the best stand-ups in Australia at the moment are women. And even if you look across at the US, like, there's some absolute powerhouses coming through that are getting global recognition, like 
Ali Wong at the moment. Everyone's talking about Ali Wong has two Netflix specials out, and in my opinion, they're the best Netflix specials that that have been on so far. Like um, other other than Hannah's Nanette, of course, which has just hit Netflix as well. When women are able to tell their own jokes in comedy, do you think that uh, they're seen more as a genre rather than a gender? Do you know what I mean? So it's sort of like here's a bit of women's comedy rather than here's comedy. Yeah, yeah, quite possibly. I mean, we often see, you know, comedy lineups that are promoted as a women's comedy night, and you know, you'll you'll see. Um, female stand-up comedians' work being marketed as as that, as being a female comedian. I think it can be a perception. I don't think it's correct. I mean, there's not a men's stand-up comedy genre, but I think I think people certainly can perceive it that way, and I think we can reinforce those views as well by, yeah, advertising all-women lineups or whatever. I mean, some of the comedy rooms in Melbourne are really great, and coincidentally put on all-women lineups occasionally, but they're not marketed that way. Mm. It's not like, oh, come out and see some female comedy. You know, it sort of reinforces these ideas that female comedians only talk about women's issues, you know? Like going back to the the old trope that female comedians only talk about periods. Like, we know that's not true. Um, however, that's, you know, still something that people like to put forth. So, yeah, I, I think it can be a perception. Um, I don't think that it's a genre at all. I think everyone's just a comedian and talking about, you know, somewhat generic things. Mm. I also fall um, similarly into a trap, like particularly by the media of being branded as a gay or a lesbian comedian. And it's a really similar thing. Like, we're, we're not a genre either, you know. I just happen to be a stand-up comedian that often talks about the mundane or just everyday everyday life that everyone can relate to and it just so happens that I also identify as being queer, you know? Hey legends, uh, I was in the supermarket recently and a small child yelled out at me, hey you look like a man! And I said, can you please tell that to my boss so it's reflected in my pay? <laughs> this... <laughs> oh thank you, I appreciate that, but it wasn't that tough actually. If that had been... If that had been a grown-up, I would have been like, oh, righto, mate, thanks for the feedback. <laughs> but when faced with a small child, just boom! Just went full Jermaine Greer in the cereal aisle. In your face! <laughs> Not that tough. I moved house recently. Terrible job. Worst job, isn't it? We hate moving house. It's so bad. I thought I, hate, I hated moving house more than anyone else in the world. But I'll tell you who does. Removalists. They hate it so hard from the second you call up the company and you're like, hey, yeah, I'm moving house in a couple of weeks and I was hoping you could help out. They're like, when? You're never going to meet a removalist who's like, it's a vocation. I didn't choose to be a removalist, it chose me. But the signs were all there when I was about six years old. Mum came into the lounge and saw me stacking and unstacking boxes. She knew. She knew. And another time, Dad came home from work and saw me nudging the fridge across the kitchen with my shoulder. He knew. Yeah, he knew. And another time, Grandad came out of the study and saw me scraping the paint off the hallway walls with a microwave. 
hang you. I hang you. Who are some of your favourite comedians and why? I mean, some of my favourites are um, Jude Pearl, who's an outstanding um, musical comedian. Um, she's very, very talented and she can be found, all of these people can be found on social media and their websites and they're all constantly gigging. Um, so, oh, Jude Pearl, Cal Wilson, Nellie Thomas, Claire Hooper, Celia Pecola, um, Geraldine Hickey. Um, then there's a bunch of comedy rooms across Melbourne that, you know, are really conscious of of having a uh, a good balance in their lineups, and um, you, you can go on the Melbourne Comedy Rooms Hub, and they're advertised each each night that they're on, and you, you can literally see comedy seven nights a week in Melbourne, and often it's free or, or by donation. So they're always featuring some up and comers and some open micers that are working really hard to sort of get a foot in the door. Um, there's also a gig. I can't remember what night it's run on now, but it's called the Country. Oh, sorry, the Comedy. Women's Association, it's the CWA, it always tricks me. Um, <laughs> They're both great CWAs. You can, you can have a great roast and a laugh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds perfect. <laughs> yeah, so that's a really great gig as well. Um, yeah, and, and uh, the Rochester Comedy down in Fitzroy, they also do a, um, they do a, a line-up once a month as well so you can which is um all female and you can and i don't i don't think that that one's really marketed that way either um local laughs in st kilda that's a great room also and they are really janet janet mcleod runs it she's the best and she's really super staunch about about making sure that she's showcasing all the talented females out there so yeah it's it's super accessible and if you if you go along to one of those nights and you see somebody that you love, like follow them on the socials, go and support their comedy festival shows or whatever, because there's really a lot of talent out there. Do you think that a lot has changed from when you started up um, to now in terms of you know lineups being much better at diversity and and I guess young women having a, a fairer go in the industry? Absolutely, mm. absolutely. Like I think that room runners are super conscious of it now. Mm. And it's something that, you know, they they keep openly discussing. And I know that I, for one, get asked frequently by room runners about who else should be gigging in their rooms. And, and um, you know, they're, they're always looking to evolve and make sure that they're more diverse in, in, in many ways, like not just between um, men and women, you know, but wanting to give voices and opportunities to people that identify as, you know, all different kinds of genders and sexualities or nationalities or, you know, it's, it's yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Like, mm. they're, they're really interested in getting diverse lineups and I think that's really important. Well, thank you so much for speaking with us uh, on Women on the Line, Kirsty. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. On community radio around Australia, you've just heard Kirsty Webeck chat with us about her work as a comedian. I'm your host, Hope Matumbu, and you're listening to Women on the Line. Don't forget, you can like us on our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter. Women's on the line. <laughs> oh, that was... Women on the line. Women on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
tuned to hear from our second and final guest, Melbourne-based comedian Irvi Majumda. So my name's Irvi Majumda and I'm a Melbourne-based comedian and writer. The reason why I started to stand up was probably in about 2015. Uh, it's pretty typical, but just uh, going through a breakup and sick of watching like sad stuff on the on TV, like any dramas. So um, I guess I just started watching a lot of female comedians because it was just funny. Um, and lighthearted. So then I was doing that for maybe a year, just watching a lot of stand-up. Um, and then I started doing, I did a course with the studios, just like a weekend writing course um, that went through like sketch writing, stand-up. And um, it was sort of there that I learned that you can actually go to open mics around Melbourne and do that. So I hadn't even known that really before. Uh, so I guess I just started going to them and um, yeah, it was just immediate feedback. So it felt like it was difficult, but um, it was, yeah, always sort of kept you coming back in some ways. And we know that language plays an important role in framing how society thinks and talks about women, and this in turn has an effect on how women are treated. What is your relationship to the English language in your comedy work, especially as a woman who was raised in a multilingual and multicultural environment? So I think the way... uh the comedy and language is really important and I think there's a um, definitely a certain responsibility that you have when you're speaking publicly and sort of making jokes about um, things to be, I guess you have a lot of power to be guiding culture in some ways and we're seeing a change in, even since I've started, I've seen a change in comedy rooms and the way that certain topics are approached uh, with the Me Too movement and um, women's rights coming sort of to the forefront. Uh, I guess for me, um, the beauty of comedy is that it is, all about sort of a different creative way to express yourself and the best comedians sort of have uh, new perspectives or they're able to sort of subvert language to make it have different meanings even from what we use it colloquially and often the humour comes out of I guess misconceptions or misunderstandings or uh, looking at one word and seeing it in a different way so there's um, definitely room it's all sort of all about how you phrase it and where the joke lies yeah, it's, it's a lot of responsibility, but you also have a, uh, a lot of freedom as well to be shaping the way that you want people to be thinking. I think growing up in a multicultural yeah, society as well as bilingual family, um, a lot of the humour that I find, it's because of that sort of uh, different perspectives on similar issues, growing up with two cultures um, means that the same thing kind of has two different meanings. So. Um, it's sort of there's a lot of funny things, even though it's annoying at the time when I clash with my parents. Um, it's sort of uh, you can draw a lot of ideas out of that because they view things um, in some in a certain way, and then I'll clash with them because I've grown up here and view things in a different way. So I guess it's all about a space of conflict with language and creating meaning as well. But um, yeah, it's sort of like you have a lot of freedom to shape how you want that to go. And in terms of your parents, do they find you funny? That's a bit of a loaded question. And, you know, what's their relationship to comedy, culturally speaking, and how is it similar or different to your own craft? Yeah, um, so I think they do, I think my parents do deep down, um, maybe I think we do share the same sense of humour. Um, no, I think my uh, humour is sort of quite... Um, dark this sounds like an annoying way to say but it's uh maybe a bit i've been described as just like dry and um dark and gloomy so it doesn't sound very happy but uh i think they enjoy witty things um my dad just likes kind of slapstick comedy i guess um but yeah i think we do share a sense of humor but i don't think they for them it's like a new concept me doing comedy so i don't really know um i don't think they know how to really think of it yet um 
but I think um, they came to see my festival show this year on the last night, so that was interesting because they'd never seen me perform before and I just had to change the wording of a couple of jokes and stuff, so I was freaking out, but um, I think they enjoyed it, so we, it's sort of just new ground for us to be taking at the moment. I think with my dad, I think there's we kind of, uh, there's a lot of Indian families that maybe watch like a lot of Bollywood films and stuff and they, uh, I think they're, you know, Bollywood's the way, there's definitely like a comedy genre in that, but we never really watched um, Bollywood. My parents were sort of more into like olden day Indian films, so it's interesting because I don't think comedy was really like a formal genre that I was ever really introduced to or we didn't sit around and watch different comedians or anything, so... I think that brings up a, um, another point that's interesting is that I think often girls, especially when they're starting comedy, um, because you hear boys talking and a lot of them, it's like, you know, everyone, I was funny my whole life and people told me to do comedy and, um, you know, I should be a stand-up and literally no one's ever said that to me. So um, it feels like uh, it feels like you almost shouldn't or you don't have permission to. But I think typically in society, girls aren't really told that often that um, they should do stand-up or like they're not always the class clown or whatever or maybe maybe I'm generalizing but I think um yeah there was never really a concept in my head of the stand-up was a thing or that comedy was even something um as a genre until I got into high school and saw that there was like in drama classes and stuff um that it was a genre in itself. Thank you so much for having me uh so my name is Irvi Majumda when you spell it out it sounds like my parents were really drunk and at the end of a game of Scrabble it's like is that even a word who cares let's <laughs> um, I am joking though because they're Indian and they don't drink. Um, like they moved here to Australia when I was six years old and when I think back to like my first weeks of school here, it's all a bit of a haze and very confusing because for a while I thought I was the normal one and there was just like all these freaky white kids around me. Uh, I, my name's Irvi obviously and they didn't, hadn't heard that name before so three or four times a day someone would come up to me and go, what's your name again? I didn't get that again is like a turn of phrase here. So to me, they're going, what's your name again? And I was like, oh, my name is not again. Uh, <laughs> except I was small and had like a squeaky Indian accent. So I was like, no, not again. <laughs> and I just went up to my corner. Cheap love. I, don't, I can't sound like not racist when I do that. It's a problem. Um, uh, I also didn't get what no had no flame Do you guys remember that? Yeah, so in India we don't get skin cancer, we just die of pollution instead, so no way to protect against that. Uh, so when I forgot my hat, this day of this girl to like hold me down in the shade and go, no hat, no play, which I didn't get. I was like, that doesn't even rhyme, I don't understand. Uh, so my parents are Indian and uh, I love them a lot, but they drive me crazy. Like I moved out of home two years ago and my dad found like one of those uh, trolleys that like grandma's take to the market, you know those ones, on the side of the road. He picks it up and every week since then I've had to go back and take back 15 boxes of curry to my house every week. Which sounds like a blessing except for like it's not because every time I'm out like tonight they're just speaking to me from the fridge. It's like 12 boxes to go, 10 boxes to go, what are you still doing out? Go for a minute, your curries. That's a legitimate problem um, and it also makes me stereotype because I get freaked out that um, if a racist thug just like stopped me on the train and was like hey you Indian what's in your bag curries I'd have to just open up and be like yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, can you please take some <laughs> 
uh, now that you've, um, I guess you've been going in comedy for a few years, but you're fairly, um, I guess, new still and, and growing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who, who were some of your comedians, your favorite comedians and why? And what has it been like in the Melbourne comedy scene for you? When I first started watching, I keep sort of just female comedians um, just to kind of get through um, my last year of uni and the breakup and stuff. Um, I was watching lots of Sarah Silverman and years ago, um, Maria Bamford, I just stumbled across a YouTube sort of, um, she just had the Maria Bamford show, but she just did it through like a handheld cam before she was, I guess, even more famous now. Um, so watching the Maria Bamford show on Netflix, she released that around the same time. So I guess I had an idea of, um, and I just found females like more interesting to watch. Um, so I had an idea of uh, female comedians on the international stage, more so before Australia, uh, Australian comedy. But then um, I started to go to open mic rooms and seeing people perform um, at bigger venues and stuff. And there's actually some of my favourite comedians, of, um, not just females, but there's so many great female comedians in Australia at the moment. So that's really exciting for me as well. That there's, and they're all really diverse, um, like Anne Edmonds, uh, Becky Lucas, we love, and... Uh, Mel Buttle, there's just uh, heaps of them at, at the moment and um, it's really exciting to see all these like diverse voices sort of forming um, in its yeah, new stage in Australia, I guess. What sort of advice would you give to young women uh, starting out in comedy now? So, I mean, it's still, I'm, I'm just like so new to it still, so I feel like I'm learning it myself. Um, but I guess it's just the persistence because um, everyone freaks out about their first gig and, uh, you know, like, and... You know, you you freak out about it, you try and make it perfect and memorise everything and it's a whole ordeal, but usually the first gig will be fine and then you're it's just coming back for the second one and there's just going to be so many times that you bomb really hard um, and it feels awful and it's a lot of late nights and having to, um, yes, I guess, wait around to your turn and it's, yeah, it's a bit gruelling, but I guess just um, sticking at it and um, it is worth it in the end, I guess. You just, um, yeah, you just have to kind of just get through a lot of irritating things at the start. But, uh, yeah, it would be great to see more girls um, doing that and actually sticking it through because, yeah, you'd have more people around um, appreciating it too. Thank you so much for joining us on Women on the Line. Yeah, great. Thanks so much. Nice to talk to you. You just heard from our second and final guest, Irvi Majumda, a Melbourne-based comedian and writer. She spoke with us about her work as a comedian. Women on the Line is a community radio national women's current affairs program. It is produced and presented by a range of women broadcasters from 3CR in Melbourne and broadcast across Australia on the community radio network. We greatly appreciate financial support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. We welcome your comments or thoughts on today's show, so send us an email to womenontheline at gmail.com or phone 3CR on 03-9419-8377. Women on the Line programs can be downloaded from our website, www.3cr.org.au forward slash women on the line. The theme music for Women on the Line is Slideshow at Free University by Le Tigre. I'm Hope Matumbu, and I hope you can tune in again next time.